I see America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. The sex on the beach. The schnapps made from peach. The velvet hammer. The Alabama slammer. I make things with juice and froth. The pink squirrel. The three-toed sloth. I make drinks so sweet and snazzy. The iced tea, the kamikaze. The orgasm. Oh, hands up the merchandise. The death spasm. The Singapore sling, the ding-a-ling. Ding-a-ling? America, you're just devoted to every flavor I've got. But if you want to get loaded, why don't you just order a shot? Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Welcome to the pod. Wait, you said that. I don't even know what yeah, I say in that thing anymore. You say welcome at the beginning. It's like, it's almost like a meditative mantra. Mm. Is it your TM like? Yeah, it's my transcendental meditation mantra. Mm. Um, I've reached out, just so you're aware and listeners are aware, I, Campaign 2000 continues. I've reached out to various rumoured reps of our Lord and Saviour Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. I look forward to not hearing anything back. Yeah, of course. Um, but who knows? He's got a new movie, right? Exactly. That's the angle I'm pursuing. Uh-huh. New movie, The Last Assassin? The Last... Mercenary. Mercenary? Hitman? The, the last, last... Samurai. Yeah, I think that's it. The Last Kickboxer? Because what you need is a, you need new news. This is what, this is what they, they, they go out there with new news and they're like, hey, we need Jean-Claude Van Damme to put the word out. We receive words on this podcast, so yeah, 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 yeah. it could work out quite nicely. There's so many synergies. Especially they're like very niche audiences. Yeah. <laughs> but niche. Uh, but niche. Qu- niche. And quality though. Like everyone listening to this podcast loves Jean-Claude Van Damme. So yeah, there you go. Do you know what else they love? What? Cocktails. Do they? Who doesn't love a cocktail? People that don't drink, you could have a mocktail. You can have a Shirley Temple. Is that a mocktail? I think so. Well, it's just pink lemonade, I think. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, right. F- fire engine. That was a fire engine. It's the same thing. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Wow. The film cocktail we're talking about today. We sure are. It's set in a bar most set of the time. Bar. Dedicated uh, to my brother. My brother's a, uh, quite the bartender. Yes. And he actually recently went to hospital. It's, it's, it's not funny but it's, it's a, one of those bizarre life things. Okay. And it's okay now because he's okay. But he does like, you know, the flaring and stuff and he does like fire Shoots out fire and does all kinds of next oh. level shit that the, the Tom Cruise and Mr. Brown are not really even getting close to. Yeah. This. But yeah. he accidentally used the the liquid for fire twirling instead of fire breathing and ingested some of it and has been in hospital for like five days. Oh. Yeah, he's like basically got pneumonia, Oh, collapsed lung because I think it must have in, inhaled some of it or something as well. I don't know. Gets in there. Holy moly. Yeah, but it's all right now. But, you know, uh, cocktail week. So let's dedicate this to 
James Burrell. James Burrell on your hospital bed, buddy. Get well soon. He's out of hospital now. Oh, okay. Can he like eat and stuff? Yeah, I believe so. I don't want to burn anywhere in there. Yeah. Or anywhere else. No. If I can avoid it. Man, that's hectic. Burning sucks. Um, well, I hope he's feeling better. Um, yeah. Hey, um, cocktail was out in 88. <laughs> so we're back, baby. We're back. So if you're, if you're new to the show, uh, Greg Carney, big fan of Expo 88. So sure. at the top of the show, when we when you, when we cast your minds back to the year that this film came out, eighty eight is is uh, well, what else can you talk about? But then the the biggest event in the, in the world, yeah, Expo. But we've hit the year quite a, quite a few times lately. <laughs> we have uh, last week or last episode was big, so that's only was that two weeks two episodes ago. Yeah, and coincidentally, it was the same week as the passing of Sir Lou Edwards, Mister Expo. That. Chairman and CEO of the Expo event. R.I.P. R.I.P. So I thought, um, you know, staying on people uh, this week when we talk about Expo 88, I'm going to delve a little bit more into the everyday people. Okay. uh, That made Expo so special. The normals. Humans of Expo. Oh, nice. You might say. This sounds like a great coffee table book. Maybe it will get there. Yeah. I because like there is a Facebook group yeah. called Expo 88 Group. How many members does that have? I couldn't find it, but it's got a few. Do you know how to look? I don't know. Oh, uh, 3,800 uh, 3, members. There you go. So uh, there's this group, a chap named Jason Ford runs this page. Set it up in, well, just a few years ago, December 2017. This page is dedicated to the legacy of World Expo 88 and is a great place for nostalgia, memories, stories, memorabilia, paraphernalia, photos, learning, and to catalogue the extraordinary rich history of Brisbane's World Fair. Mm. That's the uh, official description. I would say it serves multiple purposes. Yeah. Uh, A digital museum. Okay. Where seemingly hundreds, nay thousands (laughs) of Expo 88 revelers share photos of knickknacks and other things from the event. Right. Frizzy hair and stonewashed denim confirm their authenticity. Because <laughs> you had doubts. Yeah. Wait a second. Is this some kind is this of Is this the moon landing all over again? That's right. <laughs> but more than that, it seems to capture the tortured souls whose lives met a short but lofty apex for those months on the South Bank. Oh. <laughs> Many of them admit to going to the page hoping to see themselves in other people's photos from the era. One man even reached out to the group trying to locate a long-lost love from the era <laughs> that he'd since lost touch with. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Literally finding, trying to find an old girlfriend from 1988. Oh, man. Some have also shared their uh, struggle with visiting the page because it, it evokes so many memories but then reminds him that Expo 88 is long gone. Fuck. When nostalgia goes too far. Yeah. So it's dangerous territory. Yeah. You can fly too close to the sun. You can have too much of a good time. Right. So So if if you have, if you experience such a peak in life, such a absurdly high height, by default, everything else is a rapid decline. Apparently. Yeah. It makes sense. High divers. Yeah. They Bad high there. divers, yeah. So 
There's a few people that bear some scars from Expo because they had too much fun. Yeah. The dark side of Expo. Yeah. The come down. The come down. These guys walked around, just give me a little hit, man. The eternal come down. Yeah. So Bastards. It's monsters. But if you're into Expo and you want to learn a little bit more, I think Jason seems like a good guy. He'll let you into that group and fill your boots. There's all kinds of stuff in there. Why don't you anonymously read one of those posts? Oh, okay. One chap said, this page tears me in two. I love looking at all the videos and photos, but at the same time it depresses me. It's been 33 years, but it only seems like yesterday. And how fast did those 33 years go? At the time, it felt like it would never end. I even stopped following the page and I now allocate a few hours every month to catch up so I don't spend every day feeling depressed. I know that sounds weird, but I miss Expo that much. I had the season pass and I may have missed one day in that six months. It will always be one of the greatest experiences in my life. Six months? Yeah. Went for six months? This guy have a job. But it was the same stuff every day, right? Well, was it? Maybe not. So it kind of gives you a bit more context. If it goes for six months, that is a significant enough period. Like if you had a... I've had, yeah, I haven't right. had many relationships that long. But there's some kind of I've attachment there. <laughs> but six months, yeah, I see where you're going. Because I just find it hard to, having not experienced it myself, I just can't quite get my head around what one does, especially missing one day out of six months. What are you doing there? Did he work there? I don't know. He wasn't clear. He or she, he could have been a she. <laughs> I'm not going to give their details away. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, imagine if you could get in a DeLorean and go back to 88. Yeah, that <laughs> That's the first year. That's the first place we'd have to go. Imagine that. I'd be so bummed. No, you wouldn't. You would love it. <laughs> there were high divers. <laughs> Look at them go. And you'd be so underwhelmed yeah. because it won't be anything like you remembered. Everything's so much smaller. No way. It'd be amazing. <laughs> I'd be allowed to have beer. I'd be having Crown Lager, obviously. Uh, was that the thing? Crownies were classy beer back in the day. Yeah, they still are in some circles. My circles. <laughs> I love a crownie. All right, let's move on. Golden microphone. <laughs> Expo 88, what a year. <laughs> uh, peak for many people, unfortunately. Um, big year for movies. I won't go through them all because we've, we've done it two bloody weeks ago. But there What was, was number one? Rain Man. Yeah. Number two is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So that's what we're working with, Coming to America. That was in there. Rainbow 3 was in there, yada, yada, yada. But coming in at number 12, a little movie called Cocktail. Aruba, Jamaica, ooh, I want to take you. Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Key Largo, Montego, baby, why don't we go? Jamaica, I'm the Florida Keys. There's a place called Kokomo. Kokomo is not a real place, incidentally. Seen it. I've looked it up. Mm. There's a few boats on the harbour called Kokomo. Of course there is. Of course there is. You know, I thought John Stamos was a beach boy for the longest time because that was the first I'd ever heard of the yeah, Beach Boys and he that does, song. He's in the video. He's in the video. And he's, he plays the, the, the drum steel bongos. drum thing. And um, He did have an affiliation with them, though. Well, I think it was that. 
I, well, I don't know but if it was more Don't they come and visit him in Full House one episode? Yeah, that was just like a... So yeah, many like co- that was the collabs that they did back then. Was that Urkel in Full House as well yeah, at one yeah. point? Cross sitcom. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and Full House, no. Family Matters itself was a spin-off of Perfect Strangers, which right. people forget. I forget. She so Harriet the, was a she lift. She worked at the bank or the, or the lift? lift? Yeah. It's the lift or the bank? Lift. Did they have lift operators then? Yeah. It feels so redundant. Ing. <laughs> Fuck, that would be the worst joke. Ing. Do you remember there was a lift in Globe Nightclub? I never went there. That was not oh, my Oh, you were too young. Yeah. Anyway, they had a lift in there and Globe was a fairly – how do you say? They played a lot of techno in there. Yeah. That was a pretty fun lift. And turns out I was working with the girl. She worked at Icon. Oh. She was, she, and she had, I didn't remember her. And then she said, like, I used to work in the lift at Globe. And I was like, that was you. She worked in the lift. She was the lift girl at Globe. She'd that's, sit there. Oh, actually, there were places in New York people. that had that. Yeah. That's, it was but a that's great like job. A, oh. Yeah. If you're young, I you're guess. sitting in a room. If you're sober. She wasn't sober. Yeah, okay. She wasn't sober. Yeah, okay. Was this movie big for you, Tristan? This movie. Oh, before I get into that, I want to just uh, go through some of the stats here. Oh, yeah. So it came out in July of 1988, budgeted $20 million with a gross of $171.5 million. You know, it came in number 12. Pretty big movie. Yep. Um, conversely, Rotten Tomatoes scores. <laughs> I, I was not aware of this. I, no, neither was I. I thought I misread it. I read it like four times. I was like, <laughs> hang on, am I my eyes blurry? So critic score 7%, audience score 58%. And I'll caveat this whole episode with I didn't really this movie was a this movie was a, a completely blind spot for me, other than very rough pop cultural references and I don't know, the sort of Coughlin's Law. Not that it's been memed Coughlin's, a lot. Coughlin's Law. Yeah, it's Coughlin, right? That's yeah. confusing. I, I, yeah, I didn't really know anything about this movie and so I didn't know if it was well-received or whatever. I just, oh, yeah, it's like people seem to like that movie. Yeah. But some people, not all people. This guy. Okay, I thought you liked it. I okay. loved it. Right, okay, interesting. Um, critical consensus. Uh, there are no surprises in Cocktail. A shallow, dramatically inert romance that squanders Tom Cruise's talents in what amounts to a naive barkeep's banal fantasy. Oh, ruthless. Banal is a harsh word, isn't it? I always thought it was banal. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were using it in your raps all the time, right? Yeah. Because it rhymes with one of, another word you love. <laughs> yeah, that's pronounced canal. <laughs> In the Rotten Tomatoes, yeah, I, I I do want to quote some of the reviews because they had a lot of fun with it. <laughs> Did they? Some good wordplay. Ah, oh, this is as if, hard to hear. <laughs> as if realizing that his star hasn't smiled for fifteen minutes, Donaldson tacks on a goody goody ending that would shame the Care Bears. How to sum up what went wrong? Cruz has a line in the movie: "Flat beer from rusty pipes." Cocktail is a rot gut. Wait, cocktail, cocktail is a bottle of rot gut in a Dom Perignon box. Oh, okay. It may be a megaton bomb, but cocktail is definitely of the Molotov type. Champagne goes in like perfume comes out like sewage. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll unpack that a bit more later. Sorry. I mean, everything comes out like sewage, doesn't it? Yeah. If you think about it. It is. <laughs> it's the definition it's the- of <laughs> <laughs> By definition, <laughs> you fucking idiot. <laughs> My favourite, very, very stupid. 
<laughs> Tristan Burrell. <laughs> you that? Uh, no, I didn't. But was this a big movie for you, Greg? Yes, <laughs> yeah, it right. was massive. You've wanted to do this one for a while. Yeah. I t- <laughs> it feels like an important one for the pod because it's quite a, it feels kind of iconic. It's yeah. like one of those ones you've got to hit. Yeah, I've had a mate, Liam, at me to do this for a while. Big friend of the show. Right. So, Barry, here you go. But, yeah, back in the day, when are you, when were you watching this? Uh, so uh, I would have – I don't think I went to the movies, but the first cassette I ever owned, cassette tape, was the Cocktail soundtrack. Well, it was big. It was like number one album. Yeah. Apparently. Well, made, I, did, I didn't know that Kokomo came from this, but, yeah. Yeah, well, I didn't remember that either. So yeah. I got a, a yellow Walkman. And I got the oh, cocktail. That, that was the I was like, shit. Whoa. Those yellow Walkmans, man. And the Kokomo song, I thought it was a, I thought it was like a rude song, but oh. I really liked it. I thought it was about sex. It might be. I was only like most seven. songs are. You know, it's all that singing. Yeah. I didn't know the Beach Boys. So I, do, well, I was man. listening to it today, and it says something about a contact high as well, about weed as well in there. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. So. Yeah, and then and then the movie itself, like I thought Tom Cruise was cool and sp- I love Brian Brown. Yeah. I thought it pretty sure he was like my uncle. I thought I knew him. Yeah, it feels like that. Yeah. He's such an interesting fella because he obviously had Hollywood opportunities but always came home. And that was a big thing that he stood for, I believe. And yeah. I tried to find the clip for, I think, when we did Two Hands about how – I don't think he was necessarily saying it about people like Russell Crowe specifically, but it was definitely like an Aussie boom happening at that time in Hollywood. And he was like, you know, you got to come back home and make movies here and support the local yeah. film industry, which is always done. Yeah. And I think Aussie stars are starting to do it a bit more now, but, you know. Yeah, he's a good man. He's a good man. Yeah. Do you know he was man. studying actuary? We're going on a tangent. Oh, he's here, one of those guys, is he? Yeah, I think so. I love yeah, these guys. Yeah, he was in finance. I got my friend auditioned for a while when I was waiting outside and they said, hey, what about you? Yeah. One of those ones. And I said, okay. <laughs> here I am. But was this a big movie for you, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> so the soundtrack was the entry point? Yeah. yeah. I, th- oh, I think it was coincidental. Yeah, okay. But the movie, I loved the movie. I loved all the songs. Yeah. In hindsight, watching it, I hadn't watched it for a long time. Yeah. Um, obviously there was more to it than what I – my seven-year-old eyes took in, <laughs> um, but it was big. So were you like, did you have your yellow Walkman, headphones on, flaring Milo's in the kitchen? Probably. Yeah. We can only assume. I made horrible drinks when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, like what? Like I have a cordial and soy milk together. Yeah. I grew up on soy milk. I'm a soy boy, you might say. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would say. <laughs> You invented the term soy boy. Uh, I wasn't allowed to have dairy because of my ears. <laughs> Are you allowed to pod? Yeah, yeah. My ears, my ears, my ears are right there. I got my puffer with me. Ira <laughs> <laughs> makes fun of me every time I use my puffer. <laughs> That's nice. But who needs glasses? Not me. Yeah. So our kid will have asthma and need glasses. <laughs> yeah. Not going to be great. Yeah. But I'll make him cool. Yeah. Put him in that Stefan machine. Lots of black clothes. Yeah. So, Greg, I never saw this movie. Wow. <laughs> yeah, which means I've got to do a plot prediction. <laughs> and, man, this one was hard to predict. What do you mean? Because. It's clear that everything that happens. So with the, the rules of the plot prediction are you got to write it before you watch it, first yep. and foremost. If you haven't seen the film, you got to guess the film. you got to guess what the film's about, what happens in the movie. And you're allowed to look at the poster. That's kind of that's the extent of it. So what did you what did you do? Deduce from the poster. The poster is just Tom Cruise looking all pretty. Yeah, well, what's the Leaning movie? on something. 
yeah, and yeah. it says when he pours, he reigns. I think was the line. R e i g n s. Yeah, wordplay. Gosh, it's pretty yeah. clever. So that was my only clue. So obviously he becomes a dictator. I thought. Mm-hmm. Now I thought it was like, I, I it was a really tricky one because you know there's movies like Saturday Night Fever which. When you finally get around to seeing, you realize, oh, it's not just about dancing. Yeah, it's about becoming a man. It's about it? maybe toxic masculinity. Or something. There's dark stuff in there. Yeah, I remember there's dark stuff in there. Yeah, I like people really almost well. killing themselves and shit, and like horrible things. And so I, I was like, is this one of those, or is this one of those things where it's more like he gets tangled up in knowing people money or something? You know, like one of those type of things. They all would have been interesting ideas. Yeah, and I kind of. <laughs> But then I was like, I don't think it is because just the aura I've gotten from just, you know, osmosis-wise hearing about this movie over the years, it's never really implied any of that. Yeah, okay, okay. That's, you've, you've thought about this. I thought about it. It was really tough and it was annoying because I wanted to watch the movie but I had you to had write to, this first. Yeah. So, all right, here we go. Well, I appreciate your, your efforts. Yeah. Or do I? Go on. Well, so, all right, here we here go. Here we go. Here we go. From the top. <laughs> Tom Cruise is a bartender. I gave him a name. Tom Cruise? Danny. Danny. It's not a job, it's a lifestyle. The lifestyle he wants to take far. Oh, yeah? His girlfriend, played by Elizabeth Shue, while supportive, wonders when he'll let his dream go and get a real job. Oh, Shuey. His mentor and boss, played by Brian Brown, is ready to move on. Things are falling into place. It's all happening. But things hit a snag when Brian Brown decides to sell the bar. So he, he thought he was getting the bar. Oh. So like, this is my chance. I'm going to yeah. be the, the guy. The next Coglin. But if Danny can't come up with the cash, the dream is over. What lengths will he go to to make his dream a reality? If he is able to front the cash, what's the real cost? Yeah. In the end, he gets a bar... Was it the one he planned? No, but he's happy. It's not much, but it's his. Oh, yeah? Okay. That's not far okay. off. So by the, I know he texted you. By the end, I was like, actually, net, net. We're not far off. Yeah. So I wasn't that close for most of it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I just, the part I struggled with the most is like, what's the tension? What's the, what's like the, the barrier? What's the obstacle? What makes him tick? What's the thing that's going to go wrong? Like, I couldn't yeah. think of anything. The bartenders, there's no clue there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, it's a Scorsese movie. Okay, I can kind of do something here. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, not super close. But no. uh, we, we can we can refer back to some of that later, see what I got right, what I got wrong. Yeah. In the meantime. Can you give us an origin story? Yeah, I'll get into the origin story. Origin story. Keep going. So I had no built-in knowledge of this one. This was all a discovery process for me, which was kind of fun. First discovery being that it was directed by Roger Donaldson, an Aussie-born Kiwi. An Aussie-born Kiwi. I don't know if that means he's Kiwi or Aussie, but in these scenarios we, we claim him, right? He, well, yeah, you don't, need to, don't even need to ask. Yeah, he's Australian. He also did, he's a big friend of the show. Species. Species. Toasty. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. He did Species and Dante's Peak. Wow. Yeah, and a bunch of other movies I haven't heard of. Yeah, he's done some um, things. No, there's a couple others in there. Like. There were, there were of significance, but to my ignorant yeah. brain, there, were, yeah. there weren't like I wasn't watching those in the 80s. But his big break was The Bounty, which was based on the mutiny on board The Bounty. Not that classic the, uh, not story. Not the 
The chocolate, the chocolate bar. bar. I don't believe so, but I think that that might have been based on this movie, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Um, I actually read that book when I was a kid. It was one of the first books I read. I think it was a dumbed down version. Excellent. But I felt like a real grown up reading it. So that, I want to watch that movie now. Black and white pictures, though. So yeah, like, like the, no draw, yeah, yeah, drawings. Yeah, drawings. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm so cultured reading this thing. There was a mutiny, and here you go, and whatever. Yeah. And Anthony Hopkins was in it. Mel Gibson was in it, and he was nominated for the Golden Palm. Palm d'Or. Yeah, is that the same thing? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, that must be, I guess they're different awards at Cannes. No, no, no. He was nominated for that one. It's quite a big deal. That yeah, was 1984. For yeah, for species, I assume. Um, what's the opposite of posthumous? Like pre-making it. They're like, you're going to do great things. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to get in first. French people are going to love you. No. <laughs> no, yeah, he was nominated for that movie in 1984. He then makes a film called Marie, No Way Out. In 85 and 87. I don't know those movies. Do you? Hmm? No Way Out. That's got Sounds familiar. Kevin Costner or yeah. someone like that. Yeah. Harrison looks, Ford maybe. Yeah, it had names. It looked of significance. And this man was of significance. But before he got involved in the film, there was a guy named Hayward Gould. Hayward Gould. Now, Hayward Gould was a screenwriter. Gouldie. Gouldie. A novelist. And... A former bartender, Greg. Ah, is this a quasi-biographical film? You might say so. His experience as a bartender inspired his 1984 book titled Cocktail. So he worked as a bartender in New York from 69 to 81 to support his writing career. Uh, And he says he met a lot of interesting people behind the bar. Oh, wouldn't he just? Yeah, very rarely was it someone who started out wanting to be a bartender, a bartender, they all had ambitions, some smoldering and some completely forgotten or suppressed. So he found this kind of interesting nugget or human insight perhaps in oh, the bartending yeah. industry of all these people that land in this job without necessarily that being the plan, often as a way to support another dream, sometimes those dreams yeah, start to die. Yeah. And that was kind of what the book was focused on. So in the book the character was older. Um, it was a composite of a few characters, himself included, was in his late 30s, the character, the main character. And the tension really was this idea of, you know, that insight we just talked about, but being much older than Tom Cruise in the movie, in the book, it was more like, am I missing the boat now? Yeah. I've been doing this, but before you know it, you know, all the nights are blurring in together and you're late 30s, Losing you're like... the sheen of your... Yeah. This wasn't sheen. supposed to be the thing. This was supposed to be the thing to support the thing. It was quite dark too. Yeah. Darker and grittier. Oh, yeah. We'll get into some of the differences later in terms of the book versus the film. But this book caught the attention of a few studios. I think it went to Paramount first or Universal first and they were like, you need to make the character more likeable because it was dark. This this wasn't a book about nice sunshines guy. and rainbows and a nice guy. And um, he kind of wouldn't budge. Then Disney picked it up and they wanted to make the lead younger and eventually he kind of got on board and the way he rationalised it was – uh, there are a lot of bartenders around like Tom Cruise, younger guys who came on and were doing this for a while and then 10 years later still doing it. So sort of the younger version of the person you described earlier. Yeah. Um, it wasn't as if I was betraying the character. It was a matter of making the character more idealistic, more hopeful. He's got his life ahead of him. A bit more Tom Cruise. A bit more Tom Cruise-y. Turns on the charm without the cynical bitter edge of the older guys. So once Tom Cruise got involved, that that was what sparked that that rewrite. And um, <laughs> sparked a lot of, well, there were 40 rewrites, I think. Oh. It seems like 
he was the center of gravity of all the changes pretty much from yeah. the from the book to the movie. But I think the reason they wanted to get him in the first place is because they wanted a younger person. So you can't really blame him, but it's yeah, it changed things. So on that, and you probably yeah. cover it. Mm. Was Brian Brown brought in to play the main character a bit older? I don't believe they, so. I think it was the so getting he was always a sidekick. Yeah, I think getting um getting Tom Cruise in was the thing that then got the thing moving. So I think it was attached from the once they started speaking to the Brian Browns of the world. It was already he. I'm sure I heard him say, "Bringing in Tom Cruise changed the script." Yeah, true. Yeah, because he said he read the original script and it was the best script he ever read. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so maybe he joined thinking he was joining some. I don't know. I don't think I never read anything about him doing the other role, but it yeah, would. But either. in Roger Ebert's review, he says it should have been about his character. Yeah, I, <laughs> that should have been the I movie. Did that. Yeah, which makes more sense. But we can get into more of that. Yeah. Sorry. Um, other in terms of casting. Some precasties too. So before they did land Tom Cruise, there was talk of Robin Williams. There was talk of Travolta. There was talk of Rob Lowe. There was talk of, to- talk of Tom Hanks and Bill Murray and Gutenberg and Jeff Bridges. Everyone famous at the time. Everyone famous at the time. Similarly for... Mel Gibson? Probably. He would have been good. He would have been good actually. While we're throwing in Aussies. Yeah, why not? And then for Jordan, the role that obviously went to... Elizabeth Shue. Can we call her Shuey? Shuey. Yeah, let's call her Shuey. Shuey is a drink as well. Yeah, it is. You drink it out of your Co- shoe. Cocktail from the shoe. <laughs> Jennifer Grey, Demi Moore, Daryl Hannah, they're all considered for the role of Jordan, but, you know, there's only one Elizabeth Shue. There's only one Shuey. One Shuey. What if I told you there were two Sheweys? Wow. <laughs> Her brother is Andrew Shue. Uh, yeah. Did you know this? I feel like I did, but I was equally surprised when I read it, <laughs> I read it for today. this episode. I was like, whoa, I feel like I knew that, but still. I don't know why we're both uh, Andrew Shue fans. This came up in early pod days, but we must have Melrose pod- Place, yeah. the guy from Melrose Place. Who's also worth hundreds of millions really? of dollars. Yeah, because he founded Cafe Mom, an ad network or whatever in yeah. the US. I saw him in the office. Like, yeah. Is that Billy? Billy. And someone's like, oh, yeah, Cafe Mom. I'm like, yeah. what? Why yeah. is no one else excited? And now I would have been doubly excited because- He's a, he's a shoey. He's a shoey. I didn't know who was shoe of the shoes. Yes, you're Elizabeth Shoe's brother. Yes. <laughs> shoey. <laughs> you get these people that throw some bottles around and um, <laughs> make some terrible decisions. See, bish bash bosh, you guys sell a movie. You spend a couple of weeks in Jamaica. <laughs> come back by a bar. <laughs> Let's play the trailer. One square mile of this saloon lies the greatest concentration of wealth in the world. Yes. But how was a bartender going to get his hands on any of it? This is the big time. Are you ready for the big time young Mr. Flanagan? I think I can handle it. This isn't what I ordered. Get your act together. A white wine. All right. Now, what was it that you ordered? A martini. What's in that? many ways to fool a customer. You will learn them all. Yes, Obi-Wan. You get the women, you get the bucks, and you can see the color of their panties, and you know you've got talent. Stick with me, son, I'll make you a star. I want you guys working for me. This is a real opportunity. Jet set bartenders, right? The Caribbean Jamaica man. <laughs> hey, buy a drink? My rum specialties, perhaps? Bartender with the line for everything. The bartender. Now, he's about to be swept off his feet. Wish we could stay here forever. By the one thing he didn't expect. I don't tell me Brian Flanagan is in love. To move me from side to side. 
afraid he's gonna do a number on you, mate. This is more than just a one-night stand. You made a move on her? I'm your friend, you dumbass! Well, I don't have any friends! As of now, that is for sure! Your sexy little smile's not gonna work this time. What the hell is this? That's for you. $10,000? Is that all your daughter's worth? You think I'm letting some bartender walk into my family? I love you. I want to marry you. Throw this bum out of here! You're so hung up on money. See this? Jordan! This is how hung up on money I am. But as for the way I feel about you, I guess you never know. We'll close the trailer with the uh, final scene. I mean, that was almost a plot synopsis with some glaring omissions. Yeah. So what happened in this movie, Greg? I have no idea. <laughs> Quite a lot as it turns out. Yeah. And then <laughs> there was a lot of and then in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a 10-act movie or something. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll run through some thoughts. Uh, the American Dream. Mm. What does it mean? Mm. That's the only rhyme I have. <laughs> there was a lot of poetry in this thing. I wanted, yeah, I wanted to hear some yuppie poetry. Yeah. Ryan Flanagan has returned home from his tour of duty and he has ambition. Mm. He heads to the Windy Apple, hungry for <laughs> success and ready to work. But the doors don't open. Unlike Tom Hansen Big, he fails to hustle his way into an entry-level job. Probably not having enough computer operating experience. He's turned down from a series of jobs. Ten interviews in one day, it seems. After a rough day of rejection, he serendipitously sees a help-wanted sign at a taverna. Mm. TGI Fridays. Was it? Yeah. Wow. Upscale. Yeah. Sorry, we'll get to that. He wanders in where he meets Doug Coughlin. A wise cracking Aussie barman who takes young Flanagan under his wing. Together they form the hottest bartending duo the world has ever seen. <laughs> Top Gun Barman. Yes. Fast women and slow drink making. My God, yeah. But he's about to te- <laughs> but he's about to find out that taking life lessons off Coughlin not put him in the best position to reach his ambition. Mm-hmm. It also has Elizabeth Shue. Shue! Shue! Here's a love story between them. Yeah. I don't even want to acknowledge that love story. No, neither. She. So fine. <laughs> she's the best. She's she's great. She's like, if they made... If they did something about Mary in the eighties, she she's Mary. She's got it. That's very well. That's Fuck, hang on, still, excuse me. It's <laughs> very astute on your part. They still probably should have had her in the nineties. Why not? Why not? She's the best. God bless you, Miss Shoe. We are big fans. And your teeth. Great teeth. The best. <laughs> she um second best. My wife. She was recently in um The Boys on Amazon. She's good in that. She's a baddie. Oh. Yeah, but she's like she's good. 
But I can't remember if I talked about this before, maybe on Karate Kid, but you know how there's shows like um, Cobra Enthusiasm where a lot of celebrities play themselves? Yep, yep. And she was the rare case where she was on the show not playing herself. Yeah. And I'm like, is that implying that she's not big enough of a star? Yeah, I remember you saying this. That irks me. Yeah, I'm irked right now. correct use of irk? I don't know. I think I'm irked. It irks me. I'm Uh, irked, man, because she's fucking Elizabeth's shoe. She's royalty. She plays herself. On you know wherever she wants, be it an entourage, be it be it a be it a Kirby enthusiasm, uh, she's Elizabeth's shoe. Yeah, that's that's about all I got to say about that. Mm-hmm. How'd you find the rewatch? <laughs> How'd you find the watch? <laughs> it was interesting. I will get something out of the way quickly. Oh, of course, because uh, it doesn't really have a natural home. Later, it was just interesting. It was uh, his uncle's bar, big old jar of pickled eggs on it. Yeah. I didn't know that was a real thing. Pickled eggs are a real thing. I just thought it was a Simpsons joke. I don't have a pickled egg for sure. <laughs> well, I Googled it after. It's the whole thing, yeah. I love eggs. I love pickled anything. So yeah. it's almost like certain <laughs> that I would enjoy a pickled egg. I've probably had one. You probably have. What about a piss egg? <laughs> what the fuck's that? A uh, century egg. Oh, why has it got a piss egg? Because they... Pickle them in horse piss. Oh, do they? Yeah. Well, I did go down that tangent because I, I looked up pickled eggs and then that was a similar one. It's 100 days though, right? Is it a century? Is it an I actual century? No, nah, it's not a century. But it goes black. It looks creepy, man. I don't even think they use horse piss anymore. They used to. Yeah. They made my – so Carol's auntie's husband is also white. Right. And so he was like the first whitey in the family. Oh. And they look into Singapore. He had to do all the tricks. And they – yeah. Yeah, they rolled out the century egg (laughs) and other things. Ara's grandmother, she doesn't doesn't really speak English, so we communicate through like smiles and nods and stuff. But every time we're eating together, she'll be like, she'll bring me over a fork and tap me on the shoulder like, here you go. Because I got like thinking I don't know how to use chopsticks. Oh, yeah. I got a Dumbass. Like it's 2020, baby. I prefer chopsticks for salads I found. Oh, it's a it's a it's the optimal apparatus for salads. Get more on there than a four K. Yeah, because you can just pinch them together, the leaves. It's very astute on your part. Thank you're you. Having, you're is. having a quite astute evening, <laughs> as it turns out. Um, okay, so where where was I? Eggs, <laughs> pickled eggs. Here's another thing about pickled eggs. <laughs> yeah. No. I just thought that was interesting. They're real. They're a real thing, oh, and yeah. they're a real thing that they have sitting on bars. <laughs> like it's so weird. I'll take I'll take another form of snack. <laughs> Like another I never beer. gave away a pickled egg. Yeah, flat beer and rusty pipes. <laughs> oh, how I miss thee. An overarching observation in watching this was it's interesting how Tom Cruise is obviously a good-looking human. Yes. But it's interesting that these days he's not really positioned as sexual in any way in any modern movies. Like it's, he's not as... He's not sexual. He's quite asexual now in, in, in cultures. I found that quite interesting because in this he was quite... Oh, he's yeah. a sexy man he's a and sexy, everyone's swooning sexy. over Tom Cruise. No one swoons over Tom Cruise anymore. I thought that was an interesting like, okay, yeah, we're in a different time here. And you well, kind of forget that yeah. of course he was a sex symbol. He is a babe. He was Mr. 80s. Yeah, he's a babe. He's, uh, you know, you, you, you win a roast lamb, mum's cooking roast yeah. lamb. Yeah. I'm not really articulating this. We're talking about an old ad in Australia for lamb. Okay, 
Okay, folks, here we go. We're going to dial the winner of our Dinner with Tom Cruise competition. Hello. Hello, Julie Rankin. Yeah. Nice work, Julie. You've scored a Dinner with Tom Cruise. <laughs> yes, a stretch limousine will take you to a top city restaurant, then a romantic dinner, just you and Tom. When? Tonight. Tonight? I'm sorry, I can't. What? Mum's, Mum's doing a lamb roast. Oh, great, yeah. Um. I hope you realise I gave up a Dinner with Tom Cruise for this. Never mind, love. You can go out with him any night. <laughs> Oh, okay. Naomi Watts. Did it? Yeah. That was in Naomi Watts in the ad. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Who just that? Yeah. But yeah, so this was Sexy Man Tom Cruise. This is like oh, Tom yeah. Cruise's and we're, we're still like want to bang We're him. like Top Gun era. He hasn't jumped on any couches so much yet. No, the couch jumping a few years off. <laughs> yeah, quite a few. Yeah, this is Pete Cruise. But in terms of watching so He's it, on the come up. He's on the come up, big time. But in terms of watching it, uh, it was a series of revelations. Yeah. The first of which, it was a TGI Fridays. I didn't miss that. And because I mean, it felt like that kind of. Yeah. Oh, is that how you knew from the outfits, or does it say out the front um, or both? I think once I thought it kind of looked like it, and then I saw a logo somewhere. Yeah. On the outside, I think a white wine. <laughs> Sorry. And you know, I'm, I'm overanalyzing every point at this because I haven't seen it before, and I'm like, wait, is the whole thing set at a TGI Fridays? I thought this was like a sexy bartender thing. <laughs> TGI Fridays. Yeah. Wow. And then I also looked into TGI Fridays and apparently it was much more of a scene back in the day. Yeah, right. It wasn't so much like a Olive Garden or whatever it is now. Yeah. But it, it was like- I do a, have them in malls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it, was, it was more of a cocktail bar for singles. Nice. So there you go. I guess uh, historically accurate perhaps. I don't know if that was the 80s though. Um, oh, now they go to a cool bar when they worked uh, at- yeah. The, what was it called? The Cell Block. Yeah. It looked like something from a night of the Roxbury. That was you know, an uncomfortable scene for me. It was, and there were two bartenders in the whole joint. Oh man! Don't totally. waste any time fucking flipping bottles around. Just get Why me a is there two drink. of you? Think about how much more money they could make if they put a th- one extra person on. Man, idiots! Put another pu- business put two model. more people on. You just doubled your. Someone over Revenue. there is wants a fucking fucking uh, whiskey sour, and you you got Tom Cruise over there doing slam poetry. Like no one's cheering on a guy who's meant to be serving drinks on a Friday night. Man, no who's chance on the bar drinking himself. Yeah, while you wait for a drink. You know what I will cheer on though? Another little surprise. Gina Gershon. Oh yeah, she's in there, and things are starting to fall into place. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? Yeah, okay. Relax, Tristan. This is going to be a good film. It's, what about sorry? Can I just ask you what what about their lovemaking? Did you just think, wow, that's how they did it in the eighties? <laughs> What's with all the wrestling and rolling? Well, apparently that was improv. Wow. He tickled her, and then they fell off the bed, and they're like, "It's magic. We've got to use that take." Really? Apparently, I didn't get it. Yeah, but at I this point, I'm I'm kind of in yeah, at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then inexplicably, Bram Brown turns into such an asshole. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing is they're all assholes. They're all absolute pieces of shit in this movie, except for Elizabeth Shue, of course. Shuey. She's a saint. But everyone else is a piece of shit in this movie. And when he, I didn't even understand Gina Gershon's character. What is she upset about? She's, she, and he, sorry, I've got to articulate myself better. But basically, <laughs> Tom Cruise is falling for Gina Gershon and Brian they Brown. Got a, they got a nice thing going on. Brian Brown says, don't get too attached, mate. And then he bangs that. He does like a Jason Schwartzman on Funny People. It's like I had to. Yeah. Teach you a lesson. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically that. And then rightfully so, Tom Cruise punches him and then he's like, I'm out. I'm going to Aruba, Jamaica. I want to take you. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, 
that was a weird turn I didn't expect from Brian Gear Brown. Change. But all right, I'm open. And then the delightful Elizabeth True shows up and I'm like, okay, I'm I'm trying to get back into yeah. this now. And then Cruz cheats on Shuey. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sense. make any sense. With it doesn't like, make any sense. With a cougar that's pretty average. And then he just starts hanging out with, it doesn't make any sense, man. And then after all that, he, oh, it turns out Elizabeth Shoe's rich. Oh, why? Like, yeah. what does that, what plot device does that serve? Yeah. And her dad, rightfully so, doesn't want this piece of shit hanging out his daughter. Yeah, he got her not. pregnant too. She's pregnant. Bam, another surprise. She takes him back for some unknown reason. None of this makes any bloody sense. Brian Brown kills himself. Yeah. Oof. With a empty bottle of brandy. That's like quite a way to go, man. Kelly Lynch. Well, that's the thing. Oh, you like Kelly Lynch? Well, oh, I she, mean, she's naked. She, <laughs> yeah. What are I these thought, bikinis? I thought you were implying she murdered him because how do you kill yourself with a broken bottle? Well, I know you could gotta technically. Be focused. But yeah, that's like, there are easier ways, surely. He killed himself because he spent all his money on commodities. Yeah. But, like, if he just waited two years, the Gulf War started. <laughs> yeah. And he would have been rich. Fuck. Um, yeah, so it was not the movie I expected, which often is a good thing. I, I think there's there's definitely, like, I enjoy watching a movie without knowing anything about it. Yeah. Um, watching movies on a flight that you've heard of but you don't know anything about is always a delightful experience. Yeah. Um, yep. Whenever we come across a JCVD movie we haven't seen and we watch it for the first time, there's still this element of discovery which is fun. Yeah. In this one, each layer of discovery was a crushing disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you say, wow? Yeah, quite a few. I didn't like it. I'll get into this. I'll break some things down as to why more than I already have. But what about you, Greg? How was, how was the rewatch for you? See, it was interesting. Um I got to admit, I got excited in the opening. Look, I thought Tom Cruise's hair was ten out of ten. Yeah, really was ten out of ten. Mm. Uh, I also thought there was great use of Tom Cruise punching people into large, expensive sculptures, <laughs> um, including an artist into his own sculpture. It, yeah, it gave a lot of dramatic effect in that. <laughs> um, but it is a bit weird, like tonally as well. It's yeah. a bit. It's like cheesy in parts. And then there's some dark bits, like yeah. quite heavy dark bits. Yeah. And like, is Brian a good guy or a jerk? Yeah. I like he's, he seems like he's just this ambitious kid, but then it turns out he'll just do anything for money. Yeah. But then he like flips it all to get back with the girl and raise the kids with this chick he had a one, one night stand, two night stand. That's the thing too. I can't imagine that either of them would be that emotionally attached to each other. Yeah, the plot just sucks. Yeah, and the I still loved it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I it's guess a big asterisk next to my yeah. to that, but I like I think I've got so much nostalgia with this that yeah. I was I was I was watching it going, "What? What?" <laughs> yeah. It's um tonally all over the shop. Yeah. And but then, but then it's funny cuz sometimes I like that. Like I love when you watch a movie and it's like an interesting cocktail, as you may say, yeah. of Different things you love, but then mm. you can also make disgusting cocktails, I suppose. Yeah, because there's lots of shit like in here. Soy milk and cordial, <laughs> exactly. And it like doesn't go together because like it's like the character. I think Brian Brown does the best job of. Yeah, he's by a the end of it. You're like, okay, I kind of get what this character is now. It was yeah. a, a bit of a twist, but I kind of get what he is. But Tom Cruise's character all over the shop. It doesn't make any sense. Elizabeth Shue should not take him back. Um, Roger Ebert says in his review. 
she does whatever is possible with her role, but she's handicapped because her character is denied the freedom to make natural choices. At every moment, her actions are dictated by the artificial demands of the plot. <laughs> like the plot? It, <laughs> like she, and it feels like that. Like why would you take him back? It doesn't. Because he's Tom Cruise. He's Tom Cruise. Peak Cruise with his smile. And and his proposal to her yeah. is like as as alarmingly non-sincere as his pr- proposal to Renee Zellweger and Jerry Maguire. You know, it's got that weird thing of like, are you just proposing because you've got nothing else? <laughs> what about? <laughs> That's what it felt like. His It was terrible. Yeah. It wasn't as bad as his, when he speaks to her up in her apartment. Yeah. She's like, well, why did you leave me? He doesn't like, really apologise. Like, so he basically goes, it's brokered. Yeah. Guy made a dare that couldn't he bang a rich chick. He changed it all, He's yeah. Like, what? Hey, where's this guy? You weren't this guy the whole movie. Exactly. You don't understand. When someone dares you, you got to do it. you got to have. It's not really Tom But Cruise. were they even in a relationship? It was a holiday fling. But still. She started talking no, about but kids. They were, but they were like. Yeah, they'd made a connection. There was, there was something there. There's when something. you know, you know. And he knew and he fucked it. Yeah. But then also you're right. Like you think, okay, well he's going he's gonna obviously apologize and say I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. But then he's like, Oh no, but you gotta understand. Yeah. It was a day. It was a day. You gotta do it. <laughs> but I think what I was thinking was not knowing before, well not knowing anything about this movie before, but now knowing that it's based on a book and this thing about trying to make him more likable and making him younger. Yeah. I feel like maybe this is where the things went askew. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. maybe if they just leaned into him being more of a jerk, it would have been more cohesive. Like this is a movie about a bunch of jerks, which is fine. But there's like this difference between the movie telling you he's a jerk versus what are you trying to tell us this guy is? Yeah. Because um, he's, he's not, not a even, good guy. He's not like complex either. Yeah. So he's just a piece it's confusing. of confusing. Yeah. And then to your point, Brian Brown said the original script was fucking awesome. What did he say? He said very dark about the cult of celebrity and everything about it. Tom Cruise is a very sweet man. He was he was then and still is, but when Tom came on, the movie had to change. Yada yada yada. Kelly Lynch too says that her character was um, cut down a lot. She talks more about how in editing the movie changed a lot. So maybe not just the script, but oh. in editing, her character had a much more rich backstory. A tapestry. A tapestry. Um, what did she say? It was actually a really complicated story about the eighties and power and money and was really re-edited where they completely lost my character's backstory, her low self-esteem, who her father was, why she was this person that she was, um, yada, yada, yada. Did they talk about her bikini choice? <laughs> she had the frilly one and the string one and yeah. it's just those two. They didn't even have Instagram then. Yeah. Frilly one was a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. They were both pretty weird. Yeah. Second and then she was, makes that with Tom Cruise. Yeah. But like randomly because she's married to it. Like, yeah, but she's... It's just all very... She's sleeping all over town. I guess so. Um, I, somewhat ironically, because you got a shoey in here and the other shoey was in Melrose Place, I was like, this works better as a TV show like Melrose Place where everyone is a horrible person, they're all mm. cheating on each other and shit. And, you you know, it's just a soap opera that unfolds over seasons versus having five acts crammed into a movie. And they don't deserve this shoe. They can have the other shoe. Yeah, they can have the other shoe. Apparently he's in this in the background somewhere. Yeah, at the end apparently. Yeah. I didn't see him. Yeah. Too busy counting his money. Yeah. <laughs> um, Shoey. So the di- I couldn't find a full breakdown list of the differences between the book and the movie, but it does sound like the book is a more cohesive piece. I did find um, a review. On oh, yeah? Goodreads. 
Good reads. It seemed to sum it up nicely in terms of the vibe, not so much the specifics, but it says, Shoot. says, yes, the movie with Tom Cruise. No, nothing like the movie with Tom Cruise at all. Thank God. This is a gritty, grimy, down and out, drunk of a book. No romance, no feels, no hugging, no learning. The hero isn't a hero and never pretends to be. He's irredeemable, unlikable, and he's honest about his ways. Grab your drinks and take a tour of NYC nightlife and drinking culture, both on the stools and behind the bar. No love on the rocks, straight up with a twist. And it feels like it's almost more like a, almost like an American psycho type of deal where it's just this weird superficial monsters working in a very specific mm. culture inside New York City. It's interesting. I'm not going to read it because I need like, I take two years to read a book. Two, but, two full years. <laughs> oh man, it's probably an audio book. Um, maybe Brian Brown could read it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll listen to him read things. I got a clearing wasn't in the book. No, no, that was a new thing. That's what all the kids were doing. Flaring was popular when I was when I pretended to work in bars. Yeah, did you flare? No, it doesn't seem to be the right time for it, does it? Because it's busy. Yeah, yeah. Just how a little gonna... flare. Yeah, if, it, if if it's a functional thing like you know like parkour. Real parkour is getting about going from A to B. B, yeah. yeah. So if you're, if you're flaring from A to B, I'm cool with that. Oh, yeah. But if you're, if you're flaring to, for A to D and E and... Others, back to well, A. You eventually get to B, but at what cost? Hey, uh, do you remember... I'm going to list some of these drinks from the uh, opening oh, yeah. scene. Yeah. Tell me if you've had any of these. Cuba Libra. No. That's just rum and coke. Oh, oh that's right. That was the joke, Bacardi wasn't it? and coke. Yeah. Orgasm. Never had one. Hey! Jim Beam on the rocks. That's an orgasm? No. Oh. I'm not telling you what's in them. Just telling you. Oh, okay. I've had a Jim Beam on the rocks. White wine? I've had a white wine. White wine. (laughs) White wine. (laughs) What kind of white wine do you want, champ? You want a Pinot Grigio? White wine. You want a Shardy? You want a Riesling? White wine. I want a house tumbler of wine. <laughs> Bloody Mary. Who's ordering a Bloody Mary on a Friday night? That's it's weird. It's heaps weird. Have that tomorrow Angel morning. teat. What's that? I don't know. White wine. <laughs> what about a red eye? What about a pink squirrel, fry a tuck, a ding-a-ling, a dirty mother, a martini, or above all else, you said it. Red eye. Red eye. I yeah. thought a Bloody Mary was a red eye maybe when I was a kid. Yeah, it's close. Red. You just add an egg and some And a handful of aspirin and some Some aspirin. That's pretty good. I watched a video of a bartender trying it out. It seems like he tries drinks from different movies and he was like, oh, it's actually better than I was expecting. What was in it? So it was- Barocca? um, Some beer. Yeah. uh, Tomato juice. Oh, yeah. An egg. Uh Uh-huh. Some pepper. Oh, yeah. And um, A couple of Tylenol. Yeah. And it was like, oh, it's not bad at all. I guess not great. What's the egg do? I think it's just one of the, you know, there's that movie cliche of like, trust me, it's my famous hangover cure. Yeah. There's always that fucking thing and there's always an egg or some unexpected gross thing in there. Yeah. Trust me, you're going to thank me later. There's a bar of soap in there. <laughs> yeah, some trust bullshit. <laughs> T-bone steak. Oh, yeah. You know, I spent half the movie and I was like, Coughlin's, who's Coughlin? <laughs> I realised it was him. Yeah. Yeah. A guy, one of my colleagues at work, his surname's Coglin. Oh. And he's like, what movie are you doing this weekend? I was like, cocktail. He's like, ah, 
Yeah, me and my brother loved it. But his, his name is spelled different. He's uh, like, Cogler's Law. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess. He's like, yeah, we used to always go and go. So now at work I say Seems Cog- like it should be Coughlin's Law, but yeah. yeah Coughlin. But it's Coughlin. So Coughlin. now I say that at work now. That's the thing we got <laughs> really? going on. It's also There's also um, a law firm called Coughlin's Law because is when there? I was researching this, trying to, I was looking for the examples of what the laws are. That's pretty good. That kept coming up. I wonder if they're cocktail people. White wine. <laughs> Douglas Coughlin, logical negativist, flourished in the last part of the 20th century, propounded a set of laws the world generally ignores to its detriment. Do you remember any of the laws? Something about something. (laughs) Anything else is always something better. Bury the dead, they stink up the place. Never tell tales about a woman. She'll hear you no no matter how far away she is. Yeah, that's all I got. Is that what he said about coral? Oh, yeah. Inanimate object. <laughs> a name like it, named after an inanimate object. Is that what he said? Yeah. Apparently that was a real thing. Yeah, so the writer had his laws. That was like some, some bar banter they had. But I don't think any of those laws are all that compelling. No, he says, and then he says in the end, I'm full of shit. Yeah. And that's the funniest part too is, when again, when just Googling random search terms for this movie, trying to find some interesting yeah. shit. Because even, again, just the word cocktail is not very handy because you just end up with a bunch of cocktails. Cocktail film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I found that's someone the, wrote a That's li- the SEO hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> word to the wise. <laughs> someone wrote a LinkedIn article about how cocktail is actually the perfect sales film. That's like people that watch American Psycho and don't get it. It's like, no, no, no. And sales, it's like quoting Coughlin's laws and like, no, 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 this is bad stuff. It's like, yeah. Sales for what? <laughs> I don't know, but just like, you know, you, when you work in sales, you know, Coughlin's law makes a very good point here. It's like, fuck, man. The point of the movie is that you're not supposed to do any of those things. Yeah, it doesn't work out. Yeah, it doesn't work out. Like I, I, I think that that idea of the movie is not a bad one. Execution maybe doesn't work out that well, but I like that idea and you've completely missed it. Actually, speaking of American Psycho, Yes. There's some connection here. New York? Somewhat reciprocal uh, cycle of connection here. Go on. So in the original- Reciprocal cycle. I don't know. I can't think of the right word. Well, I'm going with that. 69. They're doing a 69. Yeah. Because in the original (laughs) book, (laughs) I did a hand gesture. Um, In the original book, uh, American Psycho by Brett Easton Ellis, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Patrick Bateman? White wine. (laughs) White wine. He is. He catches an elevator, and who should be in the elevator in the book? Who should be in the elevator? Cocktail, Mr. Tom Cruise himself. And he said, "I loved you in that movie, Bartender." Bartender. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "It's actually cocktail." Yeah. And then he was very embarrassed. But um, that was like a thing in the book. I guess it's easier to have cameos in books. Yeah. And um, <laughs> <laughs> but then the the sixty nine of it all, the old reach around was the <laughs> 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 was that that um. When Christian Bale based his performance in that film on Tom Cruise, he was trying to find his like sort of center of gravity for that the performance, and he he ended up watching these Tom Cruise on Letterman interviews, and here's where it gets even more you know the circle continues as a closed loop is he watched Tom Cruise on Letterman as inspo. American Psycho came out in two thousand. Tom Cruise was on Letterman in 88 promoting this movie and in 99 promoting something else, no, no times in between. 
and they were shot American Psycho in 99. So I think it's this clip. I don't have, or I have the clip, but I'm not going to play it now because it's long and boring. Yeah. But I think he's watching the clip of Tom Cruise promoting cocktail that informed his performance of Patrick Bateman in American Psycho, which is based on a book where he meets the cocktailman himself. It's a, it's a crazy circle, man. It's a it's a sixty nine er. Yeah, but I'd always I'd always heard the Tom Cruise thing of um, he based his performance on Tom Cruise, yeah. but. I, I didn't realise it was him promoting this film that he based it on, which is crazy because I didn't think he was that crazy then. I watched the interview and he's there's definitely some, some quirks. Some energy. I think he was barely a Scientologist at this point. So it's it's interesting that Bale saw something. Yeah. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. He knows. He held on to it. He held on to it. Good on him. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty smart. Smart man. I like stories like that. I don't like I the, love stories like that. I hate stories like, you know, Jerry Leto was so dark when he was playing a Joker that he – did he like set a dead rat to Margot Robbie? That sounds fucking stupid. Jared Leto? Sound like a dickhead. <sighs> Jared Leto was in a movie I watched on the weekend. He was pretty good in that. Was he? Yeah, yeah. like kind of. Yeah. It was okay. <laughs> he probably didn't get method good enough. Per- it was good performance. Yeah, he's all right. Did you, um, did you get a sense uh, in this film that maybe Jean-Claude Van Damme had um, – sort of done some coaching for Tom Cruise in the lovemaking scenes. <laughs> it did occur. I'm not even kidding. That did occur to me <laughs> because the tongues were very active. Wow. He was right up in there. And what is the code with that stuff? Because in some movies it's like that. In other movies it's not. I think the director tells you where to go Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. There's probably also like uh, this is pretty fun. Should we just go for it? I guess you have a chat. There must be a talk at some point. There must be like the talk before you have a sex scene with someone. Yeah. What do you go out for okay, drinks night before for or something? We yeah. going for a bit of penny here or? <laughs> <laughs> talking about tongues, of course. <laughs> Just a tip. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, because there's all these famous stories of people that did, right? Well, there is, yeah. Most of them are about Michael Douglas, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he just... Uh, Gritted his teeth and wow. <laughs> he's always got that. He's got a clinch. He like clenches. Yeah. His, he's always, uh, he's got that. What's the, his what's the gross always, version of a post-orgasm glow? <laughs> he's got that. His, his lips are always shiny. <laughs> he's always a bit shiny. <laughs> shiny face. He's, why, why is it shiny? He's, all, he's always shiny like he's just done a regrettable sex act, but he doesn't regret it. <laughs> 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 he's so, he's kind of exhausted, yeah, <laughs> but just blessing out. But hey, when he wears that V-neck sweater, the one scene at the club, he wears the hell out of that sweater. It's good. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he does. That's quite the club. Yeah, now that's a club. Yeah, they, they should have been flaring in a club like that. That's where you flare. It was a really unimpressive club, and I just really didn't like that slam poetry yuppie poet thing. That was terrible. My God, was that? Something from the book that they wanted to bring into the movie. It must have just been some bullshit trend at the time. It was so lame. Even the, the term yuppie is interesting too. That's that the, people don't use that anymore, do they? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, maybe they just say it about you. <laughs> I would love to talk more about Elizabeth Shue. I don't really have any, much more to say. But well, I got something to say. Okay, so. Carol and I were observing, she was like, oh, she's very pretty. I'm like, yeah, she's super pretty. Yeah. And then she's, 
I was like, I could like marry 80s Elizabeth Shue if I was in the 80s. She was yeah. like, what? I was like, no, no, like if I was in the 80s. <laughs> She's like, you lean four. I'm like, yeah, I know. But I mean like now but in the 80s. Yeah. And then she got the shits at me. Yeah. How do you this, you build this hypothetical thing but then the more you try and rationalise it, the more specific it sounds yeah. as and then, like this crazy fantasy you have. And then she goes, and meanwhile, this is after her saying, yeah, I, I would have been like Juna Gershwin in the bar. Like what, you would have had sex with Tom Cruise at the bar. <laughs> And I'm saying I would have married her. Yeah. And I'm the bad guy. I'm like, and I go, and she fights nice. Look how thoughtful she is in this fight with him. She's just quite passive, like not biting his head off. Well, she, so you'd mentioned that before I watched it. And I'm, I'm watching it with that in mind. And I'm like, so she didn't really argue at all. <laughs> she just took him back. <laughs> is that what you yeah, like? That's what I liked. It. <laughs> so yeah. She argued a bit. But like, she she's just, argued better than me. She has this demeanor. With this sweetness where even when she was arguing, it's just like she's really listening and trying to take yeah. in your side. Yeah. She was, yeah. Now you're hearing me. She's, she's got some kind of magic there, doesn't she? Yeah. I'm going to get in trouble now. <laughs> Maybe I will too. How did he get the money for the bar at the end? He's, there's some throwaway line that his uncle bought it for him or lent him the money or something? Yeah, he said his uncle lent him the money, but we've been to his uncle's bar, stale beer, rusty pipes and whatnot. His uncle didn't have any money. His did uncle he? didn't have any money, and so then I was reading some things that's like, well, it's, it's implied that he did get money from the in-laws, and so it's like, well, is then it? what is the moral of the story? That it was more like, well, he'd have to, wouldn't he? So it's just all a bit mucky, confusing and shit. Yeah, and it's a shame because I don't know. Not that I really want to watch a depressing movie about a bunch of bartenders, but at least that was a cohesive idea. I liked it still. You just gotta, sometimes you just got to kick back and eat the popcorn. <laughs> I, I had moments and of let, that. Let Tom Cruise smile and I think uh, up to up to Elizabeth um, Shue smile. Up to him cheating on Elizabeth Shue, I was there. I was kind of having fun. Did you see Kevin McAllister's dad? Yeah, uh, uncle, uncle, rather, uncle. Yeah, rocked up to the bar and ordered a free drink. <laughs> that was it. Okay. That was his line. Free loader. It looked like it was going to be a character of significance for a while there. He was not. And also Brenda and Brandon Walsh's dad. Where was, was he? He was sitting at the bar and I thought he was going to be of significance, but I guess 90210 hadn't happened yet. Yeah. So he was just an extra waiting. at the bar. He was waiting at the bar. All these depressos sitting at the bar on their holidays. Like yeah. the, he looked depressed. Like a lot of these people sit at the bar. We're just like. What about when he when she runs up to the bar and goes, I need to use the phone. He's like, my, my friend's drunk too much on the beach. He. He doesn't give her yeah, the call phone. An ambulance. He jumps over the bar, runs down the beach, and he's like, "This lady's drunk." <laughs> She's like, "I'm like, yeah, that's what she told you." Someone call an Someone ambulance. Call, yeah, you go and call an ambulance. She's like, that's what she asked you to do. Oh my god! And then next, another bartender comes over. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, "Yeah," he's like feeling her forehead. She's gonna be okay. Where do you know that? Yeah, you know but anything? call an ambulance though. But call an ambulance. Which That's is what, what I tried to do at the bar. See, this would have been the first red flag. She, this she, was she should have a real character. Yeah. See, Elizabeth Shue would have gone that weirdo. Say, you're in, why are you trying to be a hero here? You're not a normal human. You're a psycho. Yeah. You're an American psycho. Yeah. That's what you did there. Yeah. 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 Should we get into verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say 
what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further, Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Um, uh, this movie is a little disappointing for me. I don't really have a pithy one liner on it. Other, other than I will say, maybe it's called Cocktail because it's a tale about a bunch of cocks. Uh, maybe pieces of shit. What all if it, fucking each other up? If you were, what would you say? If um, if what? What drink would you say this film was? Well, that's what I was thinking. I was trying to think of while you were talking before. I was like, oh, maybe there's a clever thing you can say like about a cocktail not being very good. I don't know. What's a shit cocktail? It's that one. An Irish car bomb. It's an Irish car bomb. Yeah. Yeah. I never had one. I refused. So after after a few minutes it goes to shit and you can't really stomach it. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yeah, some of that. What's in an Irish... I think you drop a shot of Jamisons into a <clears> – is it a shot of Baileys and a shot of Jamisons into a pint of Guinness or something? Some, yeah, it sounds about right. And it's the curdles? The creaminess that – oh, the curdly – oh, not for me, man. Um, yeah, I gave this one and a half stars. I, I give it. best left in the past for me. Three stars. Three. Rewatch it and enjoy it and don't listen to Tristan. <laughs> Hey, nothing against anyone who enjoys this film. Aesthetically, there's some fun to be had. It's called hit. Yeah. Called hit. Good music. Good yeah. soundtrack. Kokomo. Kokomo. Did Simpsons do it? Flaming Moe's, I think, has some nods. Oh, yeah. I, don't know, I couldn't think of any specific moments. That's good. I think there's something there. Porn parody, surprisingly not, after my cocktail remarks. Oh, yeah. Couldn't find anything. So Gap in the market. If, if, <laughs> gap in the market if anyone's trying to... Make their big break in um, the 80s porn parody niche. Bechdel tests, not really. Uh, no explosions in this movie. Is there? <laughs> it's a shame. Just in the plot. That's why I lost two stars from me. <laughs> the plot explodes. Did you get into any recasties? Uh, yeah, I did. Mm. Nothing too exciting. I thought maybe you could do like a, uh, who did I have here? Like Rob Patterson and Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I had the same. But did you? <laughs> I had Rob Patterson at one point and I, then I ditched him. Yeah, I was going to ditch him but then I didn't bother coming up with anyone else. <laughs> so they're, but they're both more like Coughlin. Yeah, like the book I think, right? Yeah. I had a similar thing. Songs. I had him older. I had Shia in there but then I realised I used him all the time. So yeah. then I thought it harder and I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but still. He's 30. a good actor. Yeah, he's good and he can be that. He could be that right kind of, because I'm I'm thinking these are jerks being jerks, like all in on the jerk thing. Oh, Jonah Hill. Uh, oh, he'd be good. He'd be the white wine guy. White wine. <laughs> and the older guy maybe Ben Affleck. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Maybe. Do you make it a sequel and Jason Gordon Levitt is Tom Cruise's son, following his father's footsteps? Who knows? Oh oh, Brian Junior. Yeah yeah. And his twin brother. <laughs> Why not? Because they were twins. You had twins in the belly. Oh, they were twins. Good point. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would eat that up. He would love that. Yeah. He could play both. Chad and Alex. Yeah, Chad and Alex. A real Chad and Alex. Van <gasps> Damme. It's not bad. And I think you make it a TV show these days. This Whoa, would be a TV show these days. It would be like at least a TV show. Yeah, you get like a Ryan Murphy type to make it make it a bit campy. Everyone's backstabbing each other. Gossip Girl, man. It's like Gossip mm. Girl for... Bars. Yeah. 
MVP? Uh, Brian Brown. Me too. Like easily. Did you have a Loki? Yeah. Who? Um, Tom Cruise's hair. Ah. Uh, I was hoping you might have the same one. Who? The, the doorman. The, at the dad's house. <laughs> he was an ass. He really would, took it seriously. Didn't he? He went above there, and beyond. There was, I actually <laughs> had a point around this. There was a lot of New York jerks in this film. <laughs> like most of the people working places were arseholes. They're all Raphael's. Oh, who's Raphael? <laughs> From Ninja Turtles, the jerk one. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah, New York jerks. <laughs> Lost a <his> sight. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. Thank you. I just remembered that. The bra. <laughs> Lost to Sai. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> There's a Venn diagram and I'm in all of them somehow. They're right in the centre. <laughs> yeah, in the middle. You're the Venn. I'm the Venn. Trist Venn. By Venn Pressions. Where I do one and I catch many others in the process. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing next week? Just oh, not the one you're doing. I think we're doing Spawn next week if it's still on Netflix. Spawn. Spawn. Oh, Michael J. White. Yeah, Michael J. White. I was a big Spawn fan when I was a kid and tried to love that movie. I think I did for a while. I haven't watched it since, so I'm curious. Maybe it's come around and I'll like it again. Uh, in the meantime, leave us a review. And I keep wanting to say that at the beginning of the episode because- But here we are. We're here again. Reviews really help us, guys. Yeah, with the clicks and such. So if you're a friend of the show, you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a review on the old Apple Podcasts or whatever other option you have on your favourite podcasting app. It helps us with the charts, helps other people find us, it helps us maybe one day turn this into- a sustainable hobby. <laughs> a sustainable hobby. And that's what we're aiming here for, folks. Yeah, aiming for the middle. Yeah. Shoot high. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Enjoy your week. Bye. Yeah. Yo, nephew. Give me some of that no limit shit. America drinking the fabulous cocktails I make. America's getting stinking on something I stir or shake. The sex on the beach. The schnapps made from peach. The velvet hammer. The Alabama slammer. I make things with juice and froth. The pink squirrel. The three-toed sloth. I make drinks so sweet and snazzy, the iced tea, the kamikaze, the orgasm, the death spasm, the Singapore sling, the ding-a-ling. America, you're just devoted to every flavor I've got. But if you want to get loaded, why don't you just order a shot? Bars open!